Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you, Lord, that uh, your word says that it doesn't return to you void. So as we enter into a, a time of Bible study and Bible time, uh, Father, I just thank you that, Lord, I can say this for myself, so if you can say this for, for yourself, just agree with it. Father, we are here because we want change in our lives. Father, we are not satisfied, Lord, with where we are. And Lord, we are asking, Father, we are, we are endeavoring, Lord, to increase and to grow uh, in the things of the Spirit and in the Word of God. So, Father, I just pray for your anointing right now to teach. I pray, Lord, uh, for a grace upon the congregation to receive and to hear. And Lord, I just thank you for the word uh, today, Lord, that's changed each and every one of us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. I heard Keith Moore say that when people are looking for a church, they do it, um, what they're really looking for is something to match their commitment level. When I am looking for a church, I'm looking for a church that matches my commitment level. And I think sometimes that's why churches are sometimes the size that they are, because when we come to a place like this where, we're, where we actually teach, you don't have a choice but to want to change. Amen? It's very, very hard to sit here when we talk about faith and we talk about the things of God, because you're challenged to grow in them, aren't you? Each and every one of us, when we hear the word, we have a decision. And uh, it's very, very hard to sit in a church um, if, if you're not ready for that type of a commitment, you'll go somewhere else. On the other hand, if you go to a church and their commitment level is way below yours, you won't stay there either because we want to be challenged to a certain level, don't we? Amen? I think sometimes that's why some churches are the size that they are because and this is not against anybody or anything, but if you're not preaching a message that's going to encourage us to change, I never have to change. Amen? If I'm preaching a message, you know, Jesus did not come to keep the status quo. Jesus did not walk the earth just to keep things going the way that they were. No, he came to institute a change. Amen? He is the ultimate change agent. When Jesus hit the earth, everything changed. Everything past, present, and future changed. So as we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we too should be agents of change. Amen? Every, everywhere we go, we are either transforming that situation or conforming to it. There's no middle ground. In whatever I do and wherever I go and whatever I say, I'm either changing whatever situation I'm walking into or I'm just becoming a part of it. Smith Wigglesworth shared a story and uh, back in the 1900s when the great Pentecostal revival broke out. Anybody remember it? Good, just checking. Well, let's just say horse and buggy were still in play back in that day. And uh, there was a church and... Uh, uh, the son of one of the members of this church got filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as he went back to his own home church where his parents were, he was speaking in tongues and prophesying. And uh, at the end of the service, uh, he's riding back on his wagon with his father back to their house. And uh, the father was like, son, we just don't do those types of things here. We don't do that here. We're a word church. 
We're, we're, a, we're, a, we're a Jesus church. We don't get off into those types of things. And the son pleaded with him, but this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's fire and there's power and all those types of things. And the father's like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're a, this is, we are established in who we are. And the son didn't say anything. So as they're going, the wheel wagon gets stuck in the mud. And the, the, it can't go left and it can't go right. And they're hitting the horse. And finally the father looks at the son and says, what do you think we should do? And the son, by the, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, just says, Dad, I think we've become established. We can become so established, amen, that we're not ready for change. Amen. Jesus, and then what we're going to talk about tonight is the walk of faith. Amen. We're going to talk about this walk of faith. The first thing that jumped out to me about that statement, the walk of faith, is walking is giving me a picture of moving. The number, one of the number one reasons that God gave us faith to live by is that it keeps us moving forward. If I am believing God for something, that means I am using my faith for something in the future. If I am using my faith for something in the future, that means I'm not established in today. I am believing God for something in the future. Because I'm using my faith, it's stretching, it's going forward, it keeps me moving. Faith keeps us moving. Now, is anybody familiar with the term backslider? What's a backslider? Someone who slides back. Thank you, Michael. But what's funny is, is sometimes we think if we're not moving, well, I'm not backsliding. I'm just not moving. If you're not moving, you're backsliding. Amen. There is no middle ground. There's not three stages. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. Does everybody understand that right now the earth is moving at about a thousand miles an hour at its equator? We're moving right now at about 1,000 miles an hour. Do you feel it? It's moving. That's how faith is. Faith is moving all around us. We don't always feel it, but it is moving all around us. So as we are talking about this tonight, I had a great time studying this today. I had a wonderful time. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Hopefully we'll do this the next two Tuesday nights. And then I just want to encourage you. There's a lot of kind of off things that are happening in December as far as Sunday schools on certain mornings and some service times. I really want to encourage you to go to westhoustonchristian.com and it will keep you up to date. I know for a fact that we're not having Sunday school the first Sunday in December. So nothing at 9 o'clock. And I also know that we're not having Sunday school the Sunday right after Christmas. That'll also just have a 1030 service. Amen. A couple of the Tuesday nights, Christmas Eve is on a Tuesday night. New Year's Eve is on a Tuesday night. Both of those services will be at six o'clock. Amen. And uh, they will not be long. The candlelight, the Christmas Eve service will be, won't be long. And I don't want to keep you out on New Year's Eve either. That's why we want to start it early so everybody can get home. Amen. So a couple of things that are happening, so I just encourage you to look at the website. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, are you there? For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? That is one of the premier, predominant, 
main scriptures whenever we're talking about faith is I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Faith is totally independent of your five physical senses. Faith is bringing in something into reality that you can't see, that you can't hear, that you can't touch, that you can't feel, and that you can't smell. Faith is totally separate from how I feel. Aren't you glad that God didn't take our faith and attach it to our soul so I had to feel something? Because if we had to feel something, none of us would be married anymore. I don't feel like this today. I don't feel like this tomorrow. You hurt my feelings. I don't feel like this today. Amen? Faith has nothing to do with our feelings. It has everything to do with us with a belief and trust in God. Amen? That's the most important thing, that my faith is not in some ethereal, quantum, physics thing way out there in the middle of the universe. My faith is in God. Amen? Has God ever let any of us down? Never. Could you say that God has a 100% track record? Amen? He's never let us down. I've said this last week. Anything that I've ever believed for, I have received. Anything that I've ever done, the steps of faith, where I actually went back, believed God, had corresponding scriptures for what I was believing for, sowed a seed that was according to it, stood and believed and thanked him that I had it before I ever saw it, I've received everything that I've ever asked for. 100% of the time. On the other hand, when I've just wished and hoped without attaching it to faith or attaching it to his word, those things were just more like just wishes and lighting a birthday candle and blowing it out. Anybody ever just taken some coins and thrown them down a well and made a wish? That's what that equates to. Amen? If we're not connecting our faith to the word, then we're just wishing and hoping. It has to be connected to something. Amen? That word walk, and this is where I, my, my Greek's going to kick in, peripateo. There you go. That's your word for the night. There's your $100 word for tonight. Peripateo, prepare, it's, it's actually where we get the word perpetual. Amen? I conduct, that word walk simply means I conduct my life, I live in a complete circuit going full circle. So when we say that we are walking by faith and not by sight, we are saying that we conduct our lives, we live in a complete circuit and we're going full circle by faith. Notice, faith is always moving forward, and what keeps me as a believer always moving forward. Listen to me. I know I've said it before. It is vital for us as believers to always be moving. Not saying there aren't times that we don't rest, there aren't times where we don't refill, there aren't times where we're not ministered to, but we should always be believing God for something. And faith, your faith, usually always doubles for the next thing that you're going to believe for. You ever notice that? Everybody knows my story. The first thing I had to believe God for was an inspection sticker on a vehicle. Amen. The next thing was something that was three times the price of that. So God used that inspection sticker. My faith was built. The next thing I had to believe for was about $150. The next thing I had to believe for was about $300 and $1,500 and $2,000 and $10,000. And now we're up into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Amen. 
And I know the day's coming Well, I'm going to have to believe God for a million dollars. Amen? But you can't believe God for the million dollars until you learn how to believe God for the inspection sticker. What's your inspection sticker? What is it that you're believing God for right now? Because forget about throwing stuff way off into the future. If we're not using our faith right now on something, it's very, very hard for us to be prepared to believe God for the big things that we need. And sometimes the bigger the things, the longer it takes to believe for them. Amen? You want to get some good ones in first. When we went to Africa, and I've shared this story before, we're at Lake Kasumu, we're in Kenya, and we're ministering, and we're getting ready to go up into the mountains, and we're in this Bible school, and this woman from Australia would bring in all of the locals uh, in the area, because uh, they all spoke the same languages, and uh, she would teach them to live by faith. And the first thing that she would teach them to believe for is a bar of soap. It's pretty good, isn't it? I'm going to believe God. Here's what I want you to do. You're, you're going to come to this Bible school. You're going to be trained, but you're going to have to learn to live by faith. Because when we send you back out into your native land, you're going to have to walk and live by faith. So here, the first thing that you're going to have to believe God for is a bar of soap. So I encourage each and every one of us, what's your bar of soap? What are you believing God for right now? Amen? And when I say, what are you believing God for, do you have the corresponding actions that go along with it? We're not wishing and hoping. Amen? Hope has to be connected to the Word of God to produce the joy of whatever it is that I'm believing for. Come on. So what is it that you're believing for? If it's really something that you're believing for, you've written it down. You have written it down. If it's that important to you, you've written it down. And if it's that important to you, you have corresponding scriptures for what you're believing for. And you should be reciting those every single day. That's what keeps you connected to the project. Every day I get up, the blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Now to the Amplified it says, and, he add, and adding, to, adding toil won't add to it. My toil is not going to add to it. I am believing God for finances for this church, for my personal life, for you. Amen? We are believing God. Well, well that's just some, something nice to say, but it's connected to the Word of God. Amen? So whatever it is that you're believing for, there are steps to it that we can do uh, to guarantee. Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, and Habakkuk 2.4. Does everybody know what this is? The just shall live by faith. Let's do it again. The just shall live by faith. Say it again. The just shall live by faith. By faith, I'm looking for 100% participation. You ready? The just shall live by faith. Amen? Who's the just? Me. Just because? What's, what's just mean? Justified. We're the righteous. Amen? Four times in the Bible, God tells us the just shall live. Now, that word live, we could change it for the word walk. The just shall walk by faith. Say that with me again. The just shall walk by faith. So in order for me to get the benefits of faith, I have to be moving with faith for it to work for me. 
We were not created to just get born again and go to church. Church is a big part of it because that's where we all get corporate taught and corporate worship and fellowship. Man, we need more fellowship with each other. Amen? That's why I like the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Christmas parties, because we get to just hang out a little bit and be together. We need more fellowship one with another. It's vital for us. Amen? But I am commanded to not just, faith is not an option. Okay, how many of you got saved? Thank you, 100% participation. I'm in the right room. Pansy, you saved? Looking for that hand, girl. All right, if you, I'm coming down there. Well, how'd you get saved? By faith. By faith. Someone shared with you the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And you believed them, right? And you recited a little prayer with that person or over the TV or the whatever it was. Amen? And what happened? Jesus came into your heart and completely changed your life. So you've already used your faith. How many are baptized in the Holy Ghost? Evidence of speaking in tongues. Guess what? Guess what you use there? Your five physical senses. That's how you got, right? You waited for a feeling. Well, so if you got saved by faith, and now we got baptized in the Holy Spirit by faith, because someone shared with you or preached to you on the baptism, and what did you do? We believed it. I believed it. And guess what happened when I believed it? I acted on it, and guess what? We began to speak in other tongues and were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we're already using our faith, and now God doesn't want us just to get us at the beginning. Now we learn to walk by faith. See, I want faith in every single day of my life. I want to be moving with God every single day of my life. Now, there are walks with God and steps with God. Some walks and steps are very, very quick. Others take years. Amen? I've had some of the quick ones. When I went to Bible school 24 years ago, I prayed when I left this church and went to go work for Brother Jerry and went to Bible school there. I'm like, okay, Lord, these are my really three things that I'm going to believe you for, and I know they're going to take some time. I'm going to get there, and I'm going to meet my wife. Maybe they're not in the best order. Okay, well, I'm going to get there, and I'm gonna, I want to work for the ministry. That's a desire of mine. If I'm there, I'd like to work for them. Number two, I want to meet my wife. Number three, I want to know what my calling is. So, man, I'm just ready. Okay, here we go. It's going to take God. Within three weeks, God had answered every single one of my prayers. And I'm like, I got to, I got to think bigger. I got to think bigger. I mean, it, I, God answered him so quickly. Amen. So what he is endeavoring to get to us tonight is that this is a walk. Each and every one of us, this is why we do this. This is why we preach this. Every day, we need to be more conscious about what I'm believing for. I need to be more conscious, getting more word into me. I want to be speaking the word more, hearing the word. Less time in television. A lot less time in television. Amen? A lot less time in television. A lot more time in his word, speaking his word, hearing his word, writing his word, reading his word. The more word that we get into us, the better equipped. Jesus was prepared. He knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. Because he spent all night in prayer with the Father. Amen? 
It never said Jesus was tired. Although he had to have been. He hungered. He thirsted. But he got to a place with God. He walked with a place with God where he was just totally refreshed all the time. So, when it says the just shall live by faith, that word live, and I got a lot of definitions tonight if you brought your pen and paper. To live, it means to enjoy real life. It means to have true life and that is worthy of the name of Jesus. To live means active, it means blessed, it means endless in the kingdom of God. So when it says the just shall live by faith, that means the just shall enjoy real life. That the just shall have a true life worthy of the name of Jesus. That the just shall have an active, blessed, endless in the kingdom of God life. Does that sound like a life of just being normal and being average? Does that sound like a life of just being born, trudging through this life for 80 years, pouring yourself into a grave when it's all said and done? Or does it sound like God has more for us? That there's more to this life than meets the eye. Does anybody want to live an exciting, adventurous life? Live by faith. To live by faith is the most adventurous, exciting I mean, it blows away every Indiana Jones movie ever made. You know what I'm saying? God, God can take you all over the world and you never leave your house by faith. You can impact the world from your bedroom by faith. Amen? It's exciting. It's adventurous. You get up every day excited that I get to spend this day with God. And that He's going to walk with me and He's going to talk with me. And He's going to share with me today. Amen? Get up looking for him every day. Amen? Get up looking for him through his word every single day. Another couple of definitions for the just shall live by faith. To live by faith simply means this life in its absolute fullness that Christ enjoys. It means a vigorous spiritual life bringing forth good fruit. So to live by faith means a vigorous spiritual life bringing forth good fruit. To live most happily in the enjoyment of the theocratic blessings. Anybody know what the word theocratic means? Theocratic means God is the supreme ruler. God was, there was supposed to be a theocracy in Israel where God was always to be their supreme leader. But what did they want? They wanted a king. That's what got them into trouble. A theocracy is where God is the supreme being, is the supreme leader. So we, to live by faith, live under all of the blessings of that theocracy of God as our source. This was much more exciting to me this morning than it is to you right now. But at some point, when you realize that you can have anything that you want, when you get to the point where you find out that you're not limited by a paycheck... When you get to the point when you realize that you're the one in charge, you're going to start shouting and jumping. Amen? When you find out that there's more to this life than meets the eye, you're going to start running around this building. When you find out that you can walk and live by faith and go anywhere and do anything that he's called you to do, poof, all the limitations just came off. But pastor, I'm a woman. Great. It works. 
Well, I'm old. Great. It works. But I'm young. But I don't have a good education. But I came out of a broken marriage. But I, I'm still dealing with addictions. It doesn't matter. If we walk and learn and live to walk by faith, there's nothing you can't do. There's nowhere that you can't go if you will dare to believe God. Amen? You have to dare to believe God. Genesis 3.8, I love this. Genesis 3.8. And it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Did Adam and Eve walk with God in the cool of the day in the garden? It's only in there one time. And it's when they had sinned. But the little bit of studying that I did on it said God would not wait till Adam and Eve sinned to come walk with them in the cool of the day. He had been walking with them on a regular. Amen? Think about that for a second. Adam and Eve walking with God. Isn't that the same as walking by faith? Walking with God in the cool of the day. When it talks about walking with God, it gives us a picture of intimacy, doesn't it? Amen? Of, of closeness, of, of fellowship with God. Adam and Eve, I could just see God. You ever walked with your small kids? You know, we're walking fast, and the little ones are trying to catch up to us with their little bitty feet. Amen? I kind of get a picture of that with Adam and Eve. You know, God walking in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve just trying to catch up with him. You know, trying to keep up with him. But he walked with them every single day. So let me say this. If walking with God in the cool of the day can produce intimacy, closeness, and fellowship, walking with God today also can produce intimacy, closeness, and fellowship. Amen? We can still walk with God in the cool of the day. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you, we kind of even have it a little bit better than Adam and Eve did. Yeah, amen. amen? Matter of fact, we are surrounded by God. God. It's on every phone. It's on every page. It's in every book. It's on every TV. God is all around us. We can walk with him, talk with him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen? It's all you can eat. Amen? So walking by faith will cause intimacy, closeness, and fellowship between you and God. Now, let's talk about my main man, Enoch. Does everybody know who Enoch is? Genesis 5, 22. Somebody there? Read it. Stopped. Enoch what? He walked? Man, I'm sensing a pattern here. Do you notice that anybody that was with God, they have that word walk in the middle? Adam and Eve walked with God, and now Enoch walked with God. So obviously, if we are to walk by faith and not by faith, do you think God's trying to tell us something? Are we starting to figure out a little bit why maybe some things aren't happening the way that we thought they would? 
It's because I've become established and I'm no longer walking with God. If you want your faith to work, you have to walk with God. I can't decide one day to do it and the other not. I can't do it because I feel this way. I can't start and stop. It is vital for us as believers to spend time in his word every day. You have to every day. It's, 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 it's your rations. I mean, it's what keeps your spirit going on a regular basis. We have to spend time in the word every single day. So Genesis 5, 22 to 24. It says, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Verse 23, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Real quick. There's this, this religious thing that we do when someone dies and we say, well, the Lord just took him to heaven. God has never taken a dead person anywhere. He takes live ones. When God takes somebody to heaven, he took Enoch and Enoch was alive, still is today. When he took Elijah, guess what? Elijah, still alive. Amen. God takes live people to heaven. He doesn't kill them and take them to heaven. Amen? He takes live ones because he needs them. Listen to me. This was my picture of Enoch. It's like every day Enoch would get up and he would walk with God. Every day for 300 years. 365 total. Every day Enoch walked with God. And I felt like the Lord said, and this is why I took him, God said, in Enoch I finally found somebody who could keep up with me. He wanted Adam and Eve to keep up with him when he walked in the garden. He wanted it real bad, but they sinned. He finally found somebody in Enoch who could keep up with him. And God said, we're closer to my house than to yours. You want to just come on and spend the night? You know, and Enoch was like, sure, I got nothing to do. And God saved him from some of the most perverse times that came after him because now you're rolling into the time of Noah. Listen to me. Now listen to me. Let's talk about Enoch just for a second. Was Enoch a Jew? No. There were no Jews yet. He was a Gentile. Amen? Did he have a written word? Could he read? No. Was he baptized in the Holy Spirit? No. Did he have a good church and a good pastor to go to every week on a regular basis? Was he part of the Tape of the Month Club where he got something every month from Jerry Savelle or Kenneth Copeland? No. So let me, help me. In spite of all of these massive disadvantages that he had, he still had enough faith in him that God honored it Every day he got up and he kept moving forward with his faith in God. Now, if he had that many disadvantages and God took him to heaven because he loved hanging out with him so much, what about us? I am born again. 
I am spirit-filled. I am surrounded with the Word of God. It's all over the place. I have access to it 24-7. I live in a nation where I can, for the most part, practice my religion in freedom without the cause of being martyred or worse along the way. Amen? We have every advantage. We have a better covenant than Enoch did. Amen? So if Enoch could do it under the worst of circumstances, we can do it under the best of circumstances. We can develop a hunger for God just like Enoch had and the things of God. But what that means is, is that we have to lose our appetite for the things that we're, we like now. We are, we, are, we, are, we are media junkies. We are surrounded 24-7 with media. News, videos, kitty cat videos, baby videos. We are just totally and completely engrossed with media. And I thoroughly believe that's why some people when they come to church, not tonight, you're doing well, most of you. You're staying awake. But I totally believe that on Sunday mornings when some people come into the sanctuary and it's really the only place that they're not allowed to use their phone or tablet like they would in a restaurant or a library around anybody, that when they put that away and actually sit still for the first second, they go, huh, I'm tired. Ding! And they fall asleep. Because they're so used to ingesting large amounts of media. We have to replace that with ingesting large amounts of Jesus, of his word, of the Holy Spirit, I mean, if you want to get out of depression, go do something for somebody. Go be a blessing to somebody. If you're dealing with depression, you need to come on our Thanksgiving outreach. We're going to go give turkeys to families that don't even know us. There is nothing that brings joy to a heart like just being a blessing to somebody and not getting anything in return. It breaks us out of the funk that we're in. Amen? So go be a blessing to somebody. Amen? But Enoch... Enoch, I just keep seeing this picture. God, God would be walking and Enoch would catch up to him. And God would be like, all right, all right, let's go. And Enoch would start walking and, God, and Enoch would catch right up to him. He finally found somebody that could keep up with him. And God was like, I have got to hang out with this guy. I got to show him my, my man cave, my, my room. Hebrews 11.5 says, by faith... Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. What about Enoch pleased God? His hair? His knowledge of trivia? What about him? What pleased him? What did God look at Enoch and go, man, that just pleases me so much? His faith. What's the next verse say in Hebrews 11.6? This is the next, this is not a separate verse. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 and verse 6 are connected. Say connected. Because right after Enoch... God says it took him because it pleased him. Then it says, but, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of him who what? Diligently seeks him. So right there, Hebrews 11 has given us the key of how to please God and how to live a life so far above our means the world doesn't even recognize you. Number one, if you want to please God, who wants to live a life that's pleasing to God? Every hand in the place. Thank you, Pansy. Every hand in the place should go up. We all want to live a life that's pleasing to God. Amen? So what do we do? We have to do it by faith. But now, it doesn't just say those that come occasionally on Sunday mornings. It doesn't say those that pick up their Bible every couple of weeks and read a few chapters. It says for those who what? Diligently seek Him. So let's talk about that for a second. Those who diligently seek Him. Diligently means to seek out, demand, inquire, emphasizing the personal intent of the seeker or the outcome. It means intensely and personally desired by the seeker. This seeking is only as valuable or as viable as the motive which drives it. So that word diligently is not just to happen chance or one day I do. To be diligent about something, you have to be focused on it. Amen? New Year's is coming up. Everybody's going to make a whole bunch of New Year's revolutions or resolutions. Or Do we even do that anymore? Or do people just have forget it? You know, for whatever reason, January 1st is coming and we feel obligated to write down these lists of things that we're never going to do. Amen? If you would just pick one and do it, you'd be doing great. But like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And next thing you know, it's January 2nd, and you're like, what did I write down? It's only the things that we're diligent about are the things that we're ever going to do. Amen? If you're diligent, if, if you really want change in your life, you'll be diligent about it. And what, what's that mean? That means that you'll have such a hunger and a desire and a seeking to bring that change that you won't be satisfied until you do change. I want to be diligent about it. When I am diligent about going after God, that means I am making God the top priority, first place in my life in every area. It means I am surrendering every area of my life to God, not just the pretty parts, but the hidden parts, the insecure parts, the parts that, that embarrass me where the shame is and those types of things. I am saying, God, I am, I am, does everybody have that drawer or that room in their house that no one can ever go into? You have that drawer or that in your room? You know, that room that you've just taken everything and it's just accumulated into stuff. No, but you're looking at me like, no, do you have that room or not? I have that room. I have that drawer. I know exactly where it is. I know exactly what it looks like. God wants in that room. God wants in that room in your heart that you keep everything stuffed, that you keep everything hidden, that you don't want anybody to ever see. I come to church. I put on a smile. My life is good. Praise the Lord. God wants into that room. Once God gets in that room, then your healing and deliverance can start. But that's the stuff that happened when we were kids. That's the stuff. Those were the words that were spoken of us that we never could get over. 
That was that horrific loss that we suffered. And we just didn't know what to do with it, so we shoved it in that room. See, God wants in that room. He was made to go in that room. Because only he can clean it out. Amen? But we're going to do it by faith. Amen? We're going to do it by faith. Can you handle a few more minutes? Somebody give me five minutes? Who will give me five minutes? That's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. All right. Praise the Lord. For the New Testament believer, to walk with God is to walk in his word. Bottom line, plain and simple. If you want to walk with God like Adam and Eve walked with God, like Enoch walked with God, like all the great men and women of faith walked with God, as a New Testament believer, if you want to walk with God, you have to walk in his word. Because if it takes faith to please God, I cannot have faith without the word. So I have to walk in the word to produce the faith to be pleasing to God. So faith is not an option. It's not an option. I can't just decide, well, I'm going to get saved, be baptized, and I'm just going to live my little life. And, and what I see it so much with people where uh, we'll talk about giving just a little bit. I, I don't want to give, and, and because I don't want to give, I lived on this little fixed income, because, and I don't want to give, and so they continue not to give. And because they're not giving, their finances are not getting better, and they just stay in the same place their whole life. And if you want a chance to get out of that, then what do I have to do? I have to give. It's like forgiveness. We live in this world right here, and I just won't forgive somebody. I just won't forgive them because I won't forgive. Unforgiveness is a limiter in the things of God. Unforgiveness stops and holds me and locks me in right where I am. It just does. But see, what happens is, is I get used to living in this little circle. I get used to it. Well, I can, you know, I used to make $10,000, now I only make 100 but I can just learn to live off the 100 So we learn to live off the 100 Faith totally eradicates the limitations. There is no such thing as a fixed income in the things of God. If you'll dare to believe God, but what if I go hungry? You might go hungry one night. Is that the worst thing in the world that could happen to us? I don't know about you, but I could probably miss a few meals and I would be okay. Amen? But are we willing? See, Enoch put aside everything. Enoch had children and a wife. Enoch put aside everything to walk with God. He was diligent about it. Are we as willing to be as diligent about walking with God and walking in his word? See, living and walking by faith, they, they name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and snatch it and grab it and all that kind of stuff. They make it sound like it's some sort of a simpletons, you know, uh, an idiot savant type of a thing to live by faith. This is the hardest thing in the world because you have to stay in. You have to be so disciplined to walk by faith. It is a strict diet of the word and the word only. Doesn't mean you can't go have fun. Doesn't mean you can't watch TV. Doesn't mean you can't go to a movie. What it means is, is that all those things are in their proper place. It means that God is my number one priority. So he gets first. 
That's why the tithe is so important to God. It shows us financially that he gets first. He doesn't get the leavings, he gets the first. And if I will learn to put God first in every area, first in my business, first in my marriage, first with my kids, don't put your kids above God. Don't let your kids get away with stuff that you know that's displeasing to God. Amen? Our, our kids, they don't need friends. They need parents. Amen? Speak the word over your children. The greatest word that you can ever teach your kids is the word no. Teach them now. So when they're away from you, when they hear it, they won't have a mental breakdown. They won't go get a gun and do something stupid. Because they didn't know how to handle the word no. Amen? That parenting was free. That was totally free. Not even going to charge you for that one tonight. I'll finish with this. 3 John 2 4. Listen to this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, what? Walk. In the truth. God gets no greater joy than when his children walk in the truth. What's the truth? The word of God. So we're back to the word walk. Everything is about walking with God. Everything is about us. And if if you've stopped, this is your wake-up call. Amen? What I'm going to think about incorporating for the new year um, is starting January 1st. If, who would like to read through the whole New Testament in one year? I, this is simple. If we all just read a chapter a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, starting January the 1st, if we all read a chapter a day, start in Matthew, by the end of the year we'll have read the whole New Testament together. Amen? Now, pastor's more advanced. He likes, he likes reading through the whole Bible. Amen? I do not enjoy numbers as much as other people do. Amen? I like the New Testament because it's the letters. It's where we live. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to read the first chapter of Matthew on Monday. Tuesday, I'm going to read the second chapter, and on and on and on. And by the end of the year, if we all stay together and we all read that chapter... We will have read through the whole New Testament in a year. And we'll all be on the same page in unity because you're reading the same chapter, I'm reading the same chapter, everybody's reading the same chapter, and that can produce a unity and a flow of faith. Does that sound good? Amen. Let's stand up. It is an honor to walk with God. Amen? Think about it. God wants to walk with you. He desires it. He longs for it. He can't wait for it. Amen? And he's looking for people that want to try and keep up with him. Amen? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. We pray a hedge of protection around each person in this room tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of faith that's upon each and every one of us. We plead the blood, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for our safety for all that you're doing in our lives. I just speak blessings over this congregation tonight. Blessings, prosperity, increase. If you need a new job, just lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. If you need a job. Father, we thank you there's jobs right now. Lord, there's good jobs, there's callings, there's places of ministry right here and right now in the name of Jesus. We call in jobs. 
Amen? If you need tuition for your school, for your kids, there's tuition right here and right now in the name of Jesus for your kids. Amen? If you believe in God for a house, amen? If you need a home, amen? There's faith for homes in this place right now, amen? You have to receive it. Now, there are steps of faith for everything that I just said. Now, you have to walk it, you have to research it, walk it out, do your due diligence, use wisdom, amen? No one's going to come to your house and give you a job. Anybody that God ever used was doing something when he found them. Everybody. So we have to put our hands to the plow. We have to do our due diligence. But we can be led by his spirit as to where to look. Now you're doing something together with him. That's faith.